and welcome to another episode of Leader Generation, brought to you by Mata. I'm your host, Tessa Berg, and today I am joined by our Director of Search, Gareth Cunningham. Gareth, thanks so much for being with us today. Nice to be uh, invited onto the show. I've uh, been excited to get on with you. We have been excited to have you because the advent of generative AI certainly has had an impact on search, some of it perceived, some of it real. Before we jump into that, though, Gareth, you have such an incredible story and background. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at Mata. Some would say that it would be a, an interesting background. I used to be a, a commercial diver. Uh, I used to work in uh, in oil rigs in the North Sea and in, in South Africa. And I moved to Glasgow, Scotland, and I kind of I kind of fell into marketing. And over the years, then we expanded. We opened offices in in Orlando and then acquired by Moda uh, about thirteen years ago. So. Uh, it's been fun watching the changes, the, the different acquisitions and, and how much we've grown. It's interesting that you mm-hmm. fell into marketing and search was the discipline you chose. That is the same discipline I also chose to get out of development. Maybe not get out of it, but I did intentionally want to get closer to the data and yeah. to the decision makers. And I felt like search was playing such a big role especially, you know, even in the late 90s before Google and then the early 2000s in how businesses generated revenue and how they got attention. And it was really exciting. So what are you seeing today? I feel like we're going through another massive wave for the role of search. What has the impact of generative AI been on search engine results and search engine optimization? I think that the number one thing that I see within this new landscape of searches is that there's there's an infinite now opportunity set in front of us. I think that historically, Google, anything that Google has ever brought out was always kind of nuts and bolts, but this is a different paradigm shift that we're seeing, but it, it presents a lot of opportunity around um, not just for design development, but I think that for speed of implementation, which has a direct impact on success or failure for our clients. And I think that the litmus test needs to always be the most efficient and effective way to increase whatever the benchmark is set out for the client. Since the launch of ChatGPT, have you noticed any difference in the type of results that Google is serving on the search engine results page as more content has begun to flood the internet? Yes, I, I see whenever ChatGPT was first kind of, or the department noticed that there was a lot more smaller micro updates that were pushed as well around helpful content, which what we noticed was a lot of websites out there that just had lots of content, but didn't really, it was just content for content's sake. Overnight, it was kind of cut. And I think that what Google was doing was Google was trying to, to really usher in this element of trustworthiness throughout the content that you're producing. Um, And I think that they were kind of maybe in a way making room for this generative AI technology to start to come into its own. And I think that while AI is not 100% perfect, I think that, you know, I think there's enough stories out there to suggest that if you give it a problem, it will give you a very, very good solution. So I think that Google's kind of maybe clearing house a little bit uh, to make way for this here, which is opportunity for clients and, and for Moda as a whole. So when we look at the opportunity 
for clients to make the most of it, does it change anything about the on-page optimization formula? You know, like in the past, it's been really important that you research the right keywords, that those keywords go into specific places and have specific HTML tags for emphasis. And does it change anything about how sites are architected? Yeah, the, the straightforward answer is I don't think so. I think that the jury is out with a lot of this stuff. I don't think that Google is in maybe the business of making big, wide, sweeping changes that kind of affect how the internet architecture actually works and how human interaction with a website works. And I think that that filters down through into that there's still going to be elements of the web page, the, the title tag, the, the URL structure, the H1s, the body text, um, the image assets on a page. They're still going to need to be in that format to allow for kind of the the traditional way that people work within the web now to continue. But then I think that there is going to be an evolution of these elements on the page that's going to change because AI is here. I agree. And I always felt that really best practice for SEO was also best practice for accessibility and UX UI. I know that there always seems to be this conflict between UX UI or SEO, but really when the two work together, yeah. it you know Google cares about quality content. They care about quality engagement. So they care about user experience and they also want sites that are reputable to take up the most space because that is where the integrity, the content with integrity lives. So I agree. I think a lot of the elements are important. Whenever Larry Page and Sergey Brain first concepted and designed the, the algorithm of Google and the way in which they wanted to pass end users and value around the web and its format is very simplistic. But you mentioned a really good point there that there's so many just different cross-sections of work where traditional SEO intersects with other marketing disciplines and departments that make it a key linchpin in a lot of the decision-making that the clients are faced with these days. And I think that off-page and on-page SEO, while it is in kind of a, a semi-state of flux at the minute because of you know generative AI, chat GPT, content, the structure of a page, I think that over time, this battle between form and function will be resolved because I think that we are ultimately moving to a, a 100% semantic web um, where everything coexists equally. Um, how they define authority, I have my own unqualified thoughts around that, but I think that they're, they're, they've been baked out by some of the things that Google has done in the past. Yeah, I feel like the hunt for authority is always ongoing and, and what is you know, who should be at the top, what is the most authoritative content. But a rule of thumb that I felt has always served us well. And I remember one of those, one of the big algorithm changes was around like, maybe it was 2006, 2007. And I was working at American Greetings and like all of our affiliate websites tanked. And I've always had a love-hate relationship with affiliate marketing because- they feel like they play a really important role because they know how to, I don't know, trick or master the algorithm of Google. And they're quote unquote, better at marketing that product than the people who create the product. And we looked at the back end; they were taking way too much credit for sales. And anyway, I won't go down there. I will didn't love it. But what I did love was when that algorithm 
change it. And all of those sites went down because their content was not high quality. They were yep. stuffing, you know, back in the day, the, the stuffing, the changing, the words, different colors. And what I think marketers still need to focus on and maybe the nitty gritty of SEO, like it has to be these words. It has to be in that order. You have to do every single page has to be redirected this exact same way. Maybe some of the exactness is not as high as a priority as quality and how much it serves your audience. Because exactly. if you, think about, you know, the semantic web, the content formats you're going to select are the ones that your audience needs, wants, and is looking for. It doesn't yes. necessarily mean now I have to master all the small technical details because I do think with AI, Google is going to get smarter at picking out who's making content for content's sake versus who's making it and people are consuming it because they need, want, and desire it. Exactly. I think that, yeah, you, you hit on something very important there and, and very relevant for this phase of the web is that a lot of agencies, particularly Modop, UI, UX, user experience is extremely high on our focus uh, radar. And I think that as time has evolved through and the changes have come out, some of the things that happened in the past with different filler and core algorithm updates is, is dictated the way in which the experience needs to be across the different platforms. And what I mean by that is UI UX needs to have a cousin called search experience where it interacts seamlessly with the other environments. May that be PR, may that be social media, paid media, organic or direct or email or, or whatever the medium of marketing is to bring the end user back to that central hub, which is your website and that and to get them into that immersive experience. I think that those two points are polar opposites. It need to be an exact sync, just like the North and the South Pole. Yeah, I agree. And that is a large part of bringing the user experience forward, bringing the data from search forward that I think, and I don't know, that you want to change the name of the group you lead here at MyDot. So tell us right. a little bit, because I, I you are a, a man of intention. So I know that this isn't just because you feel like names are cool. But what does a name change in the world of SEO mean for Mata, but really also mean for the direction of SEO as a discipline? The first thing that it does, the name change shows an evolution. It shows that, that what it was then is not what it is now, but it is a combination of upgrades. Um, I think that with a name change, what it gives is specifically is, is more of a, a user-centric approach where it kind of drives that user-centric, diverse approach to everything that we do, where we are the cross-section, the intersection of of everything you see on the website and everything you see off the website and everything that the end user gets to see. And I think that to stay within the, the realms of the acronym SEO, I think that what it does is it puts you firmly into the, the same playground as Blockbuster. Blockbuster is no longer around. We have Netflix and we have... Apple TV and things like that there. I think that there's a natural progression to kind of the name change. Are you grappling with digital transformation? Struggling to integrate AI and new technologies into your business? Or perhaps facing internal resistance to change? Modop Strategic Consulting understands all of these challenges and more. In fact, our team of experts can help you bridge the gap between where your business is now and where you want it to be. From creating game-changing strategies and navigating cultural shifts to optimizing your resources and seamless implementation, we're here to guide you every step of the way. 
Don't let digital acceleration leave you behind. Learn more about Modop Strategic Consulting at modop.com. M-O-D-O-P.com. What I like about it is search is really people asking questions and asking questions about problems they have, things they want to find, what they want to learn. And what I love when we think about search going across discipline, going across channels, is that people are asking questions and looking for support everywhere, everywhere on the internet and in physical spaces. And we know that where we're moving technology-wise is listening to people asking questions all over through different devices, through the internet, through typing, through what they put into generative search. But today, like ChatGPT only gets 2% of the traffic that Google gets. So maybe I have too much faith in Google. I don't expect that that is going to change, but how will what Google serves up as an answer start to evolve? That's a very good question. I think that Google needs to, it's the same as whenever before PPC was about, I think that Google was faced with organic and they had to figure out how do we monetize this. I think that we're gonna see a potential same blueprint where you start to get some links coming through within the answers that Google gives us. Um, but I think then ultimately then there's just going to be a, an adaptation to that where media or a, a paid model is brought in. What that interface looks like, knowing Google, I think there's going to be something that's going to be an immersive experience that's very, very similar to the one that we get right now. I don't think that they're going to try and jar anybody away from Google losing the the crown as being synonymous with search and search for everything and search in every single mechanism and mode. I think that that's something that they're going to closely protect. Uh, but I do see a paid model. I do see whenever the answer comes, there's going to be maybe not just a single source of truth for this, but I think there's going to be maybe look at this article, look at this website, look at this here. I think that they're going to give their own prompts based upon what you ask. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I feel what ChatGPT showed us is that we all like conversation. And maybe people don't all still know what LLM means, but you know, natural language processing is um is pretty cool and it makes us feel more heard and it's a little bit more engaging. And I just heard today that uh, Google's BARD is actually now the number two algorithm and it's moving up. And yep. uh, this is just from an independent group. I actually forget the name. I'll have to put it in the show notes. But um, they survey about 200,000 people who vote on this. But what I think is m- most important is they weren't that high. And they have very quickly sort of, for lack of a better term, gotten their acts together yep. and are determined to own the experience in answering questions. And I I do think ultimately they will succeed in that. And for us, it's really about continuing to focus on how do we provide the best answer based on our brand, our company, and the value that we bring to clients. I agree 100%. And I, I love that when we think about search and the search landscape and two, bringing in content, because I mean, we have so many more formats now that we yep. can make accessible 
uh, underneath that. What are some content formats that you think, or are there any that you think will benefit from this evolution of, of search? I think that the, the step approach to content evolution is is what type of content is it? I think that that if you look at just base text based content, there needs to be a, a systematic leap taken forward. And I think that AI facilitates that. I think that the way in which we can bring value to the customer, which I think that for a long time, whenever you spoke to brands about their content strategy, it was it was resourcing, it was internal staffing, there was who's going to put it together. But I think that we've cleared that hurdle now. But I think that we can get into a place now where content and content clusters that answer every single aspect of whatever is in the top level navigation or the service offering or the product listing to give that informed, more in-depth understanding about what it is that you're actually looking to acquire or interact with. I think where content needs to move for customers is look at your own search habits. Look at how you interact with whenever you're going to make a purchase. You look at the reviews, you look at YouTube, you look at all the different mediums of content out there to be able to, be able to make a definitive ass assessment of whether you're going to take it on or not. And I think that to have that environment within the website, I think is going to become a lot more pivotal for success and bottom line revenue. Yeah, and I think marketers starting to think about the future of content and not it just be text and flat. There are still a lot of clients who aren't using schema markup. And yep. if you're not there, if you don't understand that we need to provide more context around every type of content so that, you know, bots and people better understand our message then you might also miss the boat on the role AR will have. Because um, I've seen now so many new tools where creating AR assets is just becoming easier and easier. Creating assets in general is becoming easier and easier. And I think you, know, you said Google's going to go toward this more immersive world. It's because people want a more immersive world. And so we have to start putting this more immersive content on our radar and how do we optimize it and make it a part of our our story in a way that's accessible. But what you just said there hits on a lot of very important points. I think that the this immersive experience, it needs every aspect of it needs to be, for want of a better term, granny proofed, where anybody can use it, anybody can interact with it. I think that you're right that these new specific spheres of Web three that are starting to make their way into search are very important. Like Google, I think they launched, I think you pronounce it Luminaire, where it's text to image, which is create an image in the likeness of this or bamboo or whatever it is. It's, this is next level technology, but I, the use case, Google would not design and develop and bring something to market if they didn't see further down the line as a part of their blueprint or their, their white paper as being a thing that was gonna be an integral part of their search engine. Uh, and use case for end users. And I think if you look at the most advanced stuff that Google brings out or any search engine brings out, just delineate that back down through uh, and you'll you'll see where other places will make a change to. Other parts of the marketing funnel are an experience now that will make a change. Yeah, that's definitely something that hasn't changed. Search is Google's business. Paid search is where they make their money. And I yeah. love that recommendation of as marketers paying attention to how those other products eventually become part of their core revenue strategy. 
Yes. Those are some very strong hints. So this has been a very enlightening and deep conversation. I think to recap for our listeners is one, SEO is not dead. And it's really important to continue to follow best practices as it relates to looking at keywords as a reflection of what's important to your audience and how to make sure that the way you sell and message the value of your company and how you serve that audience is reinforced through your architecture, through your user experience, and through the tags that make the message more accessible. I think we have moved away from needing to be so extreme on the number of keywords and creating experience that take away from really user enjoyment. So, you know, the big focus that will continue to happen is, is quality. And then I think another big takeaway, Gareth, that you've brought up is we have to start to think about, you know, where the world is going in terms of content and think about search and, you know, people asking questions and how that's going to be answered differently moving forward uh, across all content streams. And I, that for me is like the most exciting. And, and actually the third takeaway, and I did find the name of that company is, you know, ultimately Google has a, a ton of data. I feel like all their other products before some of these ones that are very clearly related to content were about collecting all the data. Now they have all the data and they're training their models, but it's the large model system organization runs tests against all of these different models. And just recently announced that BARD had moved up to number two behind GPT Turbo. And you know, I think we'll continue to see Google dominate the space is specifically related to answering users' questions. Yeah. Anything Good else, Gareth, that you, you wanna add? Well, thanks for having me. It's, it's been enjoyable. Um, it's also been enlightening to get some of the things that you, you think about every day and uh, kind of where the white space is and kind of get that into a, into a format which is out of your head. It was very enjoyable. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if anyone has questions for you, maybe, you know, how can they start building new skills or just want to talk about what this means for their website and content strategy going forward? How can they reach you? Uh, just reach out directly. Uh, Gareth.Cunningham at modup.com. Any questions and you want we'll have a chat, happy to. And you also have some really great stories from your deep sea diving days. <laughs> we can break the ice with that there um, <laughs> and then get into the, the nuts and bolts of marketing. <laughs> well, thank you. And if you want to hear more episodes from Leader Generation, you can visit modop.com. That's M-O-D-O-P.com and click on podcast. You can also find our Leader Generation podcast page on LinkedIn. Uh, until next time, uh, Gareth. We'll be talking soon. No worries. See you. Bye. Bye. Leader Generation is brought to you by ModUp, a full-service marketing communications agency focused on using the right methods to help clients capitalize on their opportunities. ModUp services for both B2C and B2B markets include brand strategy, advertising, digital marketing, lead generation, and public relations. Through its technology group, ModUp also offers website, e-commerce, and app UX, design, development, and technology stack integration. For more information, visit modop.com. That's M-O-D-O-P dot com.